What is going on, everybody? And welcome to Listen Money Matters. Inflation is when you pay $15 for the $10 haircut you used to get for $5 when you had hair. <laughs> I had to read that like 10 times to understand what it meant. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a good catchphrase. It's from Sam Ewing. I don't know if it's, is that a comedian or is that somebody on Twitter? Or it's just like some person that I don't know what he is. He could be a comedian. Okay. Well, it's a good quote. Uh, perhaps in 10 years I'll be saying it with more conviction when I lose more hair. Well, I will always have <laughs> hair, so I won't quite resonate, but, you know. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah hopefully I'll always have hair. We'll see. I'll have hair grown into my ears, if nothing else. Lo- anyway, what are you drinking, good sir? So, um... It's like 5 o'clock for you. Yeah, I, and I, I think I knew better. It's, it's not terrible, but it was like there. It was like a gift. Uh, have you have you seen this guy? The Sriracha Hot Stout Beer. Oh, my gosh. From Rogue. Is it good? So it's it's less terrible than I remembered it to be. Um, mm-hmm. When I opened it and poured it in, like overwhelmingly, I just felt like I was like I had, it had an aroma of meat. Well, okay. Like a steak or something. Um, yeah. And it, I mean, it's it's okay. Like I, I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't put buy it with dollars, but you know, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like, oh, this is so bad. It's it's like okay. I haven't had that, but we have a a world market. Like it's actually the world market is the closest place to us to buy liquor, which is kind of funny. Um, they have the deal where you can get a six pack box and then you can mix and match all Ooh. these weird beers. So I got a bunch and I got some that I like, Guinness and Kieran and stuff like that. But then I saw on the shelf, chili beer and it just <laughs> said lager brewed with chilies. And there was an actual chili pepper in the bottle. So I took that home. And oh, I it was it good? Yeah, it actually was. Oh, it tasted dude. like just a crisp, fresh lager, but spicy see that like a real spicy aftertaste ah i I wish dude that is what i want because it's not like some infused i don't know flavor crystals added in it's like a legit chili in there yeah we're we're infusing tequila right now with jalapenos i I can't wait (laughs) we've been been like sneakily drinking it a little bit oh it's not ready yet not ready yet but god what if, if you know what's the uh the length of time you want to infuse that so they because I know with like limoncello you want to do like ninety days yeah so they they say on I, I, the things that we saw online it was like one to three days and we did it for my mom for her birthday or something like a, a year or two ago and it's like not enough and so we wound up leaving it for like two or three weeks and it was like so it was so spicy I thought I was gonna like rip a hole in her stomach if she drank it so I actually <laughs> bought another bottle of tequila to like split it in half uh-huh. um. But we again, we're like we're like three or four days in, and it's just not even a hint of spice. So I'm gonna say like at least a week, probably week and a half too. Oh, you're three or four days in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not gonna be enough time. But I bet it'll be pretty good. Actually, if if you can save it for a month, well then, then maybe I, I will. Try it. Well, I'll tell you what, we won't be able to save it for a month, but we'll make another one for when you come. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a question for you. Yeah. Do you think Listen Money Matters will ever get so successful that it goes public? No. You don't think so? I mean, no. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it a value of yours to not go public? I think uh, there's this 
so when when we like bring people on and, and like we're looking to maybe do more things uh in the future like we we, we just uh i want it to be a lifestyle for me i want to travel mm. i want to drink at like i don't know 10 a.m if i want to you know i want to do whatever i want to do I, I didn't even shower today i don't know if you could tell um <laughs> and, oh, I can smell you through Skype. <laughs> and and I, I want that for whoever works with us. Because I think like one, it's like a cool perk. And like I don't want to comply with any due dates. Like if you send me an email, yeah. it'll probably take me five days to reply just because whatever. Like I don't know. I'm playing video games or something. And so, <laughs> and so I think like if we went public, it would enforce things on us. You know, yeah, because that's the problem with with the public publicly traded company. You got a board of directors who represent the shareholders. They're audited. Basically, like your balls are in a vice grip. Yeah, controlled by many people who hold shares of your company, which is it's it's the same you know situation when you take outside investor money, because now their money's on the line. They want to see a return, so your behavior is somewhat dictated by that outside incentive. Whereas with the company you've built. Your behavior is dictated by your own goals and nothing else. By by what my wife will tolerate. <laughs> or yeah, what your wife will tolerate. Yeah, I guess she's your outside investor. That's right. She's invested more than any any money backed investor could ever invest she's, into this. She's the chairperson. <laughs> I'm I'm the, the digital janitor. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Okay, so listen, money matters is never going to go public. I I don't foresee college info geek ever going public either. But many companies do go public, and today we wanted to talk about what that really means. And specifically, we want to talk about um, what an IPO or an initial public offering is, mm. and you know what all goes into it, why it happens, and then maybe give some specific examples of them. Um, and not to be confused with an ICO, to, which is just a scam to take your money. Yes. Um, we, can, we can talk more about that later, I guess, if people really want to know. But this is interesting to the individual investor because if you know a company is going to IPO, then you have the opportunity to kind of sort of get in at the ground floor and invest in it the moment it IPOs. Mm. And I guess the question is, should you or should you not do that? Spe- uh, especially since you know you don't have financial records going back years and years like you do with say a blue chip company you can go see the returns and the financial statements and documents for coca-cola going back i don't know probably 100 years at this point and dude it, but it's super- you can't do that for say like snapchat but when they ipo'd you, it's just like well they're valued at whatever people say they're valued at and maybe there's some information out there but there's not a history i can look at you know and it's super tempting because uh, i'll tell you I love Spotify. And it was also so ironic because when I was at iHeartRadio, by the way, mm-hmm. com- has a competing, like a directly competing product to Spotify. As you walk through the office, you just see a bunch of people with Spotify loaded. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's just the Spotify is. It's just the best. Aw- it really is. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I exist because Spotify exists. You know, and so something like their IPO that that happens is like a really exciting thing because it's like, oh my god, like, you know, I love Apple, so I could buy Apple because their products are great. I love Spotify, now I could buy Spotify. You know, if I love it, it's got to be good. And I think like 
I mean, that's that's what they want you to to do. That's not what I want and you to Spotify do. Spotify is it's it's crazy to think about how much Spotify changed mm. things. And you you can argue that Rhapsody did it first. You can argue that mm. the Zune subscription sort of did the same thing, but Spotify is really the one that made it big. And it's crazy like how used to it we've gotten, how used to having an app on all of our devices, like literally every device where you can just, oh, I want to hear the song. You look it up and you hear it anytime you want. Yeah. As many times as you want. Like I remember being in college and people were like, Pandora's, you know, Pandora's my shit. And it's like, well, you get, you know, five skips per hour or something like that. Mm. And then before that, when I wanted to hear music, you know, I hear a new album comes out. I have to drive to Target and buy the CD before ever hearing it. Maybe I could hear like a 30 second clip on mp3.com. But other than that, it was, it was a crapshoot. Like, well, I'm guess, I guess I'm going to buy the CD and I hope it's good. You know, it's just crazy how it's changed things. I, but, but I think that's also like the trap, like the trap of the IPO is like, yes. so, so I agree. And that's why I think it's like, well, clearly, I mean, they're crushing it in all regards, love the product, all the things. But um, you know what? You know what's really cool? Like getting groceries delivered to your door, and like Amazon's doing it, Freshtrek's doing it. But mm-hmm. back in 2000, there there was this company. I don't know if you know called uh, I think it was like Webvan. Like uh, it was like that sounds sketchy. Well, well, this is <laughs> this is back when uh, Webvan. <laughs> it, it was like back before you know. All of this, like Silicon, it was like the early Silicon yeah. Valley thing, but it was too early for its time. People weren't ready to buy buy groceries online. People were barely willing to give their credit card online. I'm still barely willing to buy groceries online. Like that's a hurdle even I haven't crossed yet. Mm. I'm willing to do like DoorDash and have like food delivered. But yeah, that I don't know. Maybe I will eventually warm up to it. But right now the thought of having somebody else pick out the groceries, you know, like pick out the produce and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Just want to do it myself. So, okay. So, so to back up, back it up, back that ass up a little bit, Thomas, what, what is an IPO? <laughs> uh, okay. So from my limited knowledge here, an IPO also known as an initial public offering is essentially the event where a company makes shares available to buy to public investors for the first time on publicly traded stock exchanges. Exactly. Does that sound accurate? Yes. And so it's basically the event from which a company, uh, a company, a company goes from privately held to publicly held. So meaning that you can invest in. Let's say you are an early employee of Pets.com, right? You know, and uh, often is the way of these startup companies. Like maybe your salary should be a hundred thousand dollars, but they don't have they don't have the money. It's like, look, we could pay you sixty thousand dollars. And we'll give you 40000 in options. And uh, if we go public in two years, those options will be worth $110 billion, roughly speaking. And yeah. so you're like, wow, this is a great deal if they're successful. And plus, you know, startups are fun. Like they're, they have like beer in the office and stuff. So you, so you do it. Kombucha on tap. Damn right. Like home brewed kombucha. Or I don't know, like hipster. I don't know if I want that. But, I don't know if I want the CEO's stanky kombucha. That's right. Bring in some Kavita. It's like, look, I, I love your company and the idea, but the drinks you brew are shit. They're just shit. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. And, and so like uh, like these IPOs 
are are a way for you know Sal- Sally employee or Joey manager to cash out from this money that they've been it's like fake money funny money they've been paid through the years that the company was not public it's equity right yes is it so when you say 40,000 in options is that is that equity or is that something different is there a distinction so so options are different so options are the option to buy which you could not buy if say you you think it's a terrible idea um but then there's things so like if i get 40,000 in options does that mean like i have $40,000 worth of stock that I could buy when they go public? So so the way it would work, it'd be like, hey, you get uh, $40,000 in options with a strike price of $20. So that means each share is priced at $20, you have $40,000 worth. And then the idea mm-hmm. is that when they go public, it's like $120. And so in one move, you literally buy, execute the option and sell the stock. So you would net profit 100 per share. Okay. So gotcha. that's what an option okay. is. And but then if you say and it's not only banks that do this, but often banks, they're 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 public already. They've been out for a while, but they also want to retain people and they also don't want to give you real money as your compensation. They want to give you like restricted stock units or RSU and it's like, "Hey, like we got the stock. It's worth $40,000." They say I'm going to give it to you, and it's totally yours in five years from now. You know, mm. and so it, it, there's like there's multiple ways to kind of do the same thing. The options are great because yeah. it literally costs nothing for the company to do this, and they could like okay. And with the options, instead of buying it, you could just opt to get forty thousand dollars. No, is that you could just no? not execute them and, and walk away. Why would you not execute on them then? What what if this what if like you got them for 20 and they're only worth 15? Like you would lose money on it. Um How would you lose money if like if you walk away you're just basically losing $40,000? Well, no, so it's it's the option to buy, you know, $40,000 worth at $20 a share, but if they're $15 a share, like you're literally your option to buy them is m- more than what it's worth. But can you do anything else with that option? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You could brag about it to your friends <laughs> before it's worth nothing, I guess. No, but, but, and that's, that's why that, okay. That's, that's the fuel for, for startups. And it's, it's not necessarily okay. options, but it's equity. Right. Okay. And so, um, it kind of like lends into why a company wants to IPO. So you're like, Angie, would you ever IPO this in my matters? And my answer is somewhere between no and fuck no, because <laughs> I don't I don't need to sell part of the company to survive. Like we're good. Um, and I have no one who's banking on me doing this so that their time was worth it. You know, like I could we could hire a bunch of employees and be like, when we IPO, you'll be rich. I promise. Um yeah. And so, so we have no like incentive, but oftentimes like the Facebooks and Snapchats and Spotify's, they took outside money to help build the company um, and that money wants to grow. And then they have a bunch of people they hired based on the promise of like th- this money that we're not giving you, that we're giving you, not giving you is going to be worth something. And so th- mm-hmm. they almost like inevitably have to go public just to pay their obligations. And I think the pressure becomes so... 
going public is just like another way of raising capital. It's a way it's for like the the seed fund on steroids. Exactly. It's a way for all of the people who sat there for five, ten years while this Spotify that was nothing on day one and now is this big thing. It's a way for them to cash out. It's a way for them to realize their mm. their investment. Okay. Uh, and then from there, the company becomes public. Mm. So at that point, now they have public investor money who wants a return as well. Yes. So it just has to continue growing and growing from there. But I think it's really important to understand the incentives of like why the okay. company goes public. So say, you know, listen, money matters. Uh, we're like, you know, we're going to build like a separate money internet and, and you're, I don't know, all the web addresses are going to be like dollar bills or something. Uh, but but we need is this a Bitcoin thing? <laughs> and at the end of the episode, you can learn how to invest money. Quote invest in no. So so like we we need to acquire all this money, right? So we could do all these amazing things we want to do. And um, when when we IPO, when we go public, one all the investors can cash out and perhaps hopefully earn money on their investments. All the employees that we hired with a lot of fake money can make that into real money. And as the company, most importantly, we get a shit ton of money. And so, you know, maybe I paid you, Thomas, a hundred shares every year and, you know, some investors bought thousands of shares. Well, Listen Money Matters has millions of shares of Listen Money Matters. And we could sell those and just get cash. So the incentives of an IPO are like a massive... Uh, regulated cash grab mm-hmm. for the company and everyone associated with it. And granted, you know, it could be good. You know, if you envision that Snapchat will soon own the moon, then, you know, it would have been a good investment. But if you're being involved in this oh, massive overt cash grab, it's probably going to be a shitty deal for you if you're on the outside. You mean as like an investor who's looking to invest? In the IPO. Is that because the companies are super overvalued? Because it's in there, it's they're incentivized heavily to do that. Because so say mm. listen, money matters. We could launch with a share price of 20, you know, which would be right. great. Uh, and maybe that's our real price. But if we could froth the news up a bit, get people excited, perhaps make some fake promises that aren't like illegal or whatever, we could we could pump the price up to 40 and and after I sell my shares I honestly don't give a shit what the price becomes yeah I guess that makes sense yeah because it just you're just pumping in as much money as possible by overvaluing your company and look it's it's not that like um it it you know I'm making it like this it's this really terrible thing but yeah. if you think of it so say say you were Facebook right and you're going public and uh, you could launch at $40 a share, right? And then say that same day, the stock goes up to $80 a share. Mm-hmm. You left half your money on the table. You could have made $10 billion selling your stock, but you only made $5 billion because you priced it wrong. But wouldn't you yeah. rather price it at 40 make $10 billion, and then during the day... I don't know, it crashes or over the next week, month, it crashes to half, but you still got your 10 billion in dollar bills and everyone else got screwed and you can fix it later. Sounds like a pyramid scheme almost. 
Well, I, I think the not, not a pyramid scheme. There's like there's like some sucker, basically. The event itself is is usually a poor deal, so much so yeah. that uh, the Benjamin Graham, the the teacher of Warren Buffett, uh, pr- mm-hmm. has a had a rule to never invest in an IPO. Okay, because it's just going to be like literally guess, it's yeah. going to be a shitty deal. It's like a concentrated event where. Like there's more hype than ever, and where there's hype, there isn't value, at least like in Warren Buffett terms. Value meaning underpriced for what it's worth. Right. Like in IPO, as you said, it's it's incentivized to be as overpriced as possible because that will cause the greatest injection of cash into the business. You know, giving big returns to all the investors who were there first, the private money. Spotify was uh, one of the biggest IPOs like ever. But I mean, way bigger than Google or any of these things. Um, They IPO? Yeah, yeah. So they IPO'd. Boy, I have been out of the loop. And uh, I'm pretty sure. And I'm so I'm actually almost certain that they IPO'd and were not profitable, right? And I mean, even if they were, it was going to be by like the skin of their their chin or something. Uh, they're certainly not wildly profitable, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it, it's a, it's a it's a huge huge greed event from all ends. Because then, if you love Spotify, you, you know you you're buying it because you think like oh, I'm going to get it in like the ground floor. I'm going to make all this money. Um, yeah, yeah. But really, it's just all the the employees and the people in the company getting rich. You know, and and not always the case. Uh, although lately often the case. And so I want to maybe talk about like some success stories, some failures. Okay. Mm. Uh, before we get into that though, I do want to know like, when does a company go public? Cause I know I've, I've read stories about how companies have essentially been forced to go public. That they get so big that it's, and I can't remember which, which company this was. I feel like it might've been Facebook where they were kind of facing this situation where they would have had to, basically open their books up and show them to the world for some reason or another or go public. So they just went public. Mm. So yeah. When do companies go public? Like at what point is there, is there like a certain dollar amount in revenue? Is there like a certain age? So it used to be really early and it was because, you know, you wanted that, that cash quick. Um, Mm -hmm. and it turned out that like, uh, after, you know, they did research and they saw past IPOs that, most of like the the massive value is captured within like the four, first seven or so years. And so lately companies have been waiting much, much longer because uh, then more of the value is captured by the owners and initial investors instead of mm-hmm. by the public stock market. And that's why, you know, like Snapchat, like, uh, yeah, so, so – was that what was your question? Well, they didn't wait that long, did they? I'm just, I guess, I'm just wondering, you know, when does a company go public, and what causes it to go public, other than wanting that cash injection? Mm. So I, th- I think know. it also comes to like market timing, where, you know, they, of the biggest cost of an IPO is the bank, and the bank, like, sends the deal out to their private investors, and they do research, and you know, it's like, okay, in 2016, Spotify could have got twenty dollars, but you know. In 2017 or 2018, they got how many more subscribers? People are also so much more. The stock market's more overvalued, so uh, yeah. like they're they're waiting to get the the biggest bang for their buck. And what do they IPO at? Good question. Let's see here. 
the, oh, the IPO has been a success. The stock has traded in a fairly narrow range above the reference price of $132. Wow. And you're saying Spotify was like the biggest IPO ever? Um, oh, no, it opened at 165 That's what it was. So it wasn't, it wasn't the biggest IPO ever, but it was. if it wasn't, it was one of the biggest. Mm. That's crazy for like a music company. And like you just, I don't know, you would think that, then again, they, the valuation of Snapchat was insane at the time for what it is. And speaking of that, actually, I, they're part of Google, obviously, obviously, but um, I think Morgan Stanley put out some data pretty recently saying they valued YouTube alone on $160 billion, mm. which is insane. It's like it makes them bigger than like Netflix and Comcast and a ton of companies. Just it, It's crazy to me. So we have the largest, uh, the top ten largest global IPOs of all time. Because I'm, I'm curious. Mm. Uh, the number one is Alibaba, actually. And I don't know if this is updated enough to have Spotify on it. If it were going to be on that list, but yeah, it looks like Alibaba uh, went public. Twenty one point eight billion dollar valuation. That's crazy, man. Okay, so while we're on this top 10 list. Let's talk about some of the uh, IPO successes and failures and also define what exactly is a, is a failure or success. What is the criteria? So back in the day, um, when companies went public, it was they, like, I guess it was early days. They didn't quite know, or maybe they were more reasonable. And so, uh, they would launch and they would maybe perhaps be undervalued. Um, so a lot of like the biggest successes for, for investors, people not part of the company were like way back when mm -hmm. um so so if it's undervalued and you're saying it's a success does that mean that a success means that the share price goes up from where it starts afterwards like so uh, so instead like so let's not even like look at it in like a week time frame let's like look at it okay. in a lot i mean so first of all in in the first like few days i, I want to say almost all go down um and if you were in the company and it went up like I, if I was running the company, I would be fucking pissed if I launched my IPO just went straight up because I lost mm -hmm. money. I left money on the table. So like even mm -hmm. Coca-Cola way back when went down. But in terms of like since they went public, uh, it was like uh, if you put $40 in from when they went public to now, you'd have 15 million. So. Wow. Yeah. Now, are you, now to clarify here, are you saying... Why would a CEO be pissed if the price went up after the IPO? Well, is it because they exercised their options too early? Well, because of that like strike price. So say say you were the CEO, right? And you're your Spotify CEO, and you're, it's going public. You certainly have shares, and so you know you may, maybe you're like poor as hell, but you've built this thing. You've been the CEO of this thing that is like I don't know, being valued at crazy numbers. This is your moment to a. Secure your family's financial future to infinity because you could say, mm -hmm. sell some of your shares for a few million. Um, and two, set set the, the pace for your company's history because if Spotify had no money and they're losing money every quarter, then you know they're going to be out of business soon. But if like, I don't know, you IPO and you get like how many billions of dollars, then, then you have maybe years to figure it out how to turn a profit. Mm, okay. before like you know you're bankrupt or whatever and so that makes sense 
I guess okay. yeah, those those incentives apply. I guess. So yeah, to keep it simple, like you you could sell. Mm. So if you sold and then it went up, then yeah, you'd be pissed because you could have sold for way more. You know, uh, like Facebook, which has now blown the original price out of the water. They launched at like I don't know thirty two ish, and within the first few days, like first week, few months, even they went down to eighteen. So if you mm. invested in Facebook. When it launched, you were a sucker that halved your money. Yeah. So is Facebook considered a failure then because it went down so much or not? So so um, I think as a stock, like it's, it's obviously doing really well. Mm-hmm. And as a, a business, it's doing really well. Uh, but it would have behooved you to maybe wait a little bit for it to like, uh, you know, how many employees are banking on their retirement who work to Facebook on selling the shares. It's like insane lot, right? sell pressure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So given that, given that Facebook is doing well and they're obviously profitable now, um, but their, their, you know, their share price went way down when they IPO'd, what is the criteria for what we would call an IPO success or an IPO failure? Is it, you know, the IPO ends with the business tanking and failing forever? Or is it something within a narrower window? <laughs> mm. I guess you know? I guess and, if you were interested in IPO, you know, say, say I invest in IPO, an IPO success would be uh, I made money as a result of being one of the first people to buy it, you know. As a public investor? Yes. So, okay, so if so I bought it at 20. did go up in price. Yeah, I would want it to be more than what I bought it at. You know, if I'm like super excited about Spotify, it's changed my life and I buy it with all my life savings and then I lose half of my life savings in a week, you know, I would cease to like Spotify that much. Yeah. And I guess like thinking about it critically, only a really greedy CEO would be really pissed if the share price went up after the IPO. Mm. Sure, maybe they left money on the table with the shares they sold, but the share price going up should mean that as much as we hyped the value up, like apparently people still think it's more valuable and maybe the valuable is the value is tangible. I don't know. You know, you could say what you will about Mark Zuckerberg, but one thing he certainly is, is a shrewd businessman, you know, and that's a weird way to say a robot. <laughs> well, he's okay. They, yeah, they yeah. say only 4% of Americans believe that there are lizard people walking among us. I am certain <laughs> that they're walking among us. And their leader is Mark Zuckerberg. I'm one of the four <laughs> percent. <laughs> I'm working to be part of the one percent. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm working to be initiated. Actually. Mm. You know, I have some lizard DNA in in my blood. Uh, not full blooded lizard, but I am hoping to be accepted into the brood nonetheless. I was I was gonna say because I've <laughs> never met anyone who was able to play the guitar while figure skating in my life. Until I met you. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a lizard? <laughs> I imagine. You can play guitar while figure skating. You, I think there are actually ice shows out there where people play guitar while figure skating. I think that's a thing. You're probably right. I'm sure I'm not the only person <laughs> who could do it. And I will say that I've never done both at the same time. Mm. I would be a little nervous bringing my guitar out of the ice. <laughs> well, then I mean, it's, you probably, it probably be fine. You got to get on it. It's part of the initiation. All right. I could do that. So let's talk about some of the uh, successes and failures then. So look, what do you, what do you got for us? Snapchat sucked. Uh, it, okay. You know, like halved in value. Honestly, Facebook sucked. It, it mm-hmm. you know, not as quickly or not as hardcore as Snapchat did. 
Uh, Blue Apron sucked. It's actually really hard to find ones that weren't bad. Um, we found two, Coca-Cola and Walmart, and they're like long gone. And those are way long time ago. Yeah. So perhaps as a gen- So is it the case that these are failures or or that the IPO has just changed its character over time? Yeah, I think that uh, the the... Look, back when there was like Coca-Cola and Walmart, they didn't have such like a venture capital funded situation as there is now. Yeah. And returns weren't as uh, required and and needing to be high for these companies to participate. And I guess Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of feel that you should really never invest in one. I thought Lending Club was a great deal. What wasn't, you know? It wasn't? No. So- Oh, did you invest in them when they IPO'd? Yeah, that was that was the only IPO I participated in. And that was part mm. of my I think I'm smarter than everyone else phase. And it, okay. and it became abundantly clear that I'm not. So seriously, the only ones you could find were Coke and Walmart? I mean, there, I'm sure there are others that went up. We weren't really able to find a bunch of ones that I would be like, wow, that would have been a great deal. Okay. Well, that's actually pretty interesting. And it, it's it's nice that that we've kind of learned that in, in most cases they tend to go down in value. And cause I do remember hearing about the Snapchat I, uh, IPO before it happened. And there was a part of me that was like, Hmm, should I get in on that or not? And I didn't because I don't tend to buy individual stocks, but it's good to have data. Perhaps that shows, you know, your gut instinct was right. I, I think that it, it's almost like, not that it's like, a terrible idea to, you know, invest in Facebook when they had like billions of users, but like, you know, maybe, uh, and you don't have to be it on day one. You wait mm-hmm. three, four months, let it marinate a little bit, hit a real price, and then yeah. you invest so you can actually capture most of the gain. Because if in a year it goes for up to $45 and you bought it at 40, you took on a whole lot of risk for not a lot of gain. Whereas if you yeah. waited for it to rest at like 15, like you stand to make a lot. I suppose it's just very useful knowledge in general to know that most IPOs involve a a dip at first mm. in the share price. Because if you're going to invest in an individual stock, whether or not it's an IPO or a long established company, you know, you always need to invest with your fundamentals. You know, you want to think about what is this company actually worth? Uh, is it overpriced? All that kind of stuff, like investing like Warren Buffett would invest, doing your technical analysis, all that kind of stuff. And if you're going to do that, then you don't want to be investing during a period of a ton of hype that is just pushing up the price mm. through artificial means. So And, and you know, uh, so say, say like, um, what's, what's an awesome company that hasn't gone public yet that, that you like? Listen, my matters. Uh, <laughs> so, listen, my matters hasn't gone public yet. You've heard rumors that we make more than a hundred dollars a month, and you want a piece of that. Um, like, as part of going public, we would have an auditor, and we have to release a lot of information, like discuss the the risks we see in our business, show you our books, what we're spending mm-hmm. our money on, what we're earning, and so if you're want to buy, and by the way, we're not IPOing. <laughs> but but you know if you want to buy into XYZ IPO like 
more than ever, you got to do your own damn research. You have to evaluate it perhaps on a fundamental level. You know, Snapchat might not ever make money. You know, and if and if you bought it yeah. because you thought the specs were like super sweet, I mean, I'm sorry, but then you were you're a sucker, and and yeah. fine, but let's like not do that in the future. So how how do you evaluate them? Like, do they make money? Right, and if they do make money, then you'll be able to use a PE ratio as like a comparison. And you can look, so like, if I was to invest a dollar in Snapchat and the PE ratio is 500, or I was to invest it in Apple and it's 17, I get so much more bang for my buck. Yeah. I think it's only fair to compare companies to other companies. Yeah. So on that note, and to round this out, Mm. besides comparing companies to their companies, asking whether or not they make money, what are some other ways that you can evaluate a company that is going to IPO, you know, to, in order to make the decision, should I invest potentially later on down the line, you know, after all the hype has kind of died down? Yeah. So, so I guess, uh, you know, there's a lot of, basically they send this thing out, this, this packet, this PDF It's called a prospectus and it explains mm-hmm. our books, the risks, and you just got to read it and you, you have to pretend like it was your, your significant other uh wanting to do something and by default you want to say no and you have to kind of like take that uh the mindset right like if you're leaning towards yes like it's probably you you should you should uh be skeptical i guess okay so if you're leaning towards yes you should take that as a sign that you are buying into the hype yeah if if you're trying to convince yourself that you like there's like this piece of your brain that really wants to do it and it's kind of like discrediting all um what's the word <laughs> like logic and uh reason yeah 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 everything against it basically mm. then you know that you've kind of bought into the hype yeah uh, i i think yeah you should you should be afraid okay and you know, so if you don't want to read the prospectus, yeah, if you don't want to read the prospectus, then you certainly shouldn't buy it because if you're not willing to do that, then you're almost certainly going to get screwed. Yeah, I guess it's a good litmus test. Like, are you willing to put in a ton of time to research this company? If not, then why would you put in your hard-earned money into it? And you know, because the, the ones who read the prospectus and do whatever are really the ones who will make the best decision on day one. Otherwise, why mm-hmm. don't you let it marinate for a month and then let let the market decide. Let like the global dollars that sit out there vote. And then Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I see you have written here, uh, consider waiting for the lockup period to end. What is that? So uh there there are rules often uh when a company goes public. So for example, and, and this is like uh perhaps to the detriment of employees and stuff but like when when Facebook went when Facebook IPO there was a lockup period so during the IPO the people invested in Facebook can sell their shares Facebook can sell shares Mark Zuckerberg can sell shares but I know who can't the the engineers who built Facebook the designers who created all this stuff the, the people who have answered emails like so the employees have a lockup period and they're like hey You'll be able to sell your shares in uh, 
three months from when we IPO, whatever. And chances are that's when the real price is. And and the reason they do this is they don't want such an insane sell pressure on the stock that like literally tanks. Um, But it also takes money out of the pockets of the employees again because they've already had it taken out enough and and it gives it to, to the founders. Because and the founders aren't aren't applying this lockup period to themselves <laughs> the, naturally. The 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 people at the top are above the rules, literally. Okay, okay. So yeah, wait until the point at which that engineer is able to sell his or her stock, and that'll be really telling. Before you make your because if it's if it's at like thirty dollars and then the lockup period ends, and now you have five thousand employees looking to all also cash out and buy their fancy real estate in California, well then maybe it drops to fifteen because of all the employees mm-hmm. cashing in. Okay. All right. So in the interest of fairness to both sides of this topic, since we've basically spent the entire episode shitting on the idea of investing <laughs> in an IPO when it happens, um, very balanced. Say somebody still wants to do it, mm. and they think that with the particular company they've identified, you know that it, it's it's worth it. Mm. How do they get into that? Email me because I'm guessing Spotify is not <laughs> like listed on the New York Stock Exchange, or is it? Actually, that's a good question. I, I forget which one. I want is it like can you just open your E Trade account or whatever and buy Spotify the moment the IPO goes live, or do you have to? Is there some special process to get in on this? So if you go to Google and you type spot, S-P-O-T, um, you will get uh, Spotify. But, they, I mean, they IPO'd in, in April. So that's been a month, right? Mm. Or it's been almost two months, actually. Yeah. So if there's a company that's... Well, actually, for the first first question, how do you find companies that are likely to IPO soon? Is there a way to do that, or do you just have to kind of be in the know? So, um, you, if they're big, you'll probably hear about it in the news. Uh, but the the companies, like say Merrill Lynch, they're they're pretty big with um, bringing companies to IPO. They will contact all of their clients and give them like special prices and whatever. So, if you sign up with Merrill Lynch or Fidelity, or whatever, you will possibly be in the know. But okay, I don't even think it's worth it. You're just like so like just don't do this. <laughs> I actually now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like all the past episodes have been super pessimistic. I'm an optimistic person. I'm optimistic about life. <laughs> but these are like people email us. They're like, hey Andrew, I want to buy an annuity. Or like I want I'm just like oh, I'm, yeah. or I want to like invest in this IPO. I'm like, oh God, please don't. Just it's not even my money, but it makes me like nervous for them. Well, yeah. I mean we've done we've done so many episodes and the the thing is for most people, it's not that hard. Like, the investing advice you need doesn't have to fill, you know, a hundred episodes of a podcast. Mm. It's like open a Vanguard account or a, or a Fidelity account or a Betterment account. Automatically do dollar cost averaging every single month with an automatic investment. Let it sit, and then slowly and, back uh, away from the your computer over time as you get older. Yeah, and back away from that shit. <laughs> Go do something else with your life. Make kites. <laughs> get an emergency fund. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. At some point, we are going to run out of ways to say that with different words. And there's a whole lot of other stuff in the realm of personal finance that, while it may not be a smart idea to put your money into it, you want to know about it. Mm. So, yeah, I guess we're just going to have a string of fairly pessimistic episodes (laughs) from the perspective of, you know, taking action. But 
people still want to know about annuities and IPOs and whether or not the market's going to crash. Well, shit, that is a challenge for me to make sure that we have a few <laughs> positive ones um, coming up. Now, I, I'm only just realizing. I feel like we've been a lot of episodes of nope, don't do that. Also, don't do that. You know what we haven't done in a while? Mm. Uh, like a good comprehensive episode about how to pay for your kid's college Mm. we might not have ever done a comprehensive episode of that let me just jot that down real quick i know we've done like one episode a long time ago probably like right around the time i discovered this show Mm. and it was about like 529 accounts but i don't know if we've done one that's like that and other options and is it even worth it for you to save money for your kids college should you have them work or not and there's some like stuff in the FAFSA that if it's still written the way that it used to be written, actually disincentivizes kids from working for themselves. There's all kinds of stuff there. I prefer the old school way of paying for kids college where you go to a McDonald's, fill out an application for them, put in their phone number (laughs) and then say, good luck. (laughs) There you go. You'll be a great father. (laughs) Okay. So I guess to wrap this up, if you really want to know more about companies that are going to IPO, maybe have an account with Morgan Stanley or another investment company that keeps you in the know with a newsletter. I'm sure there, actually, I know there is a whole podcast out there that's about mergers, acquisitions, and IPOs. There's like, there's a term for it. Um, What's the podcast? Is it just the acquired podcast? I actually listened to it for a while. Um, it was just kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah, the M&A and IPOs. Yeah, it's called The Acquired Podcast. And every episode is just about either a merger slash acquisition or an IPO. They go over the details. So, you know, if you're interested in this world and you, you don't want to put your money into it, but you want to know about companies that are IPOing, that's a pretty cool podcast to check out. I remember listening to, that's actually how I learned about the Snap IPOs. I listened to that episode um, and the Alibaba one as well. So that's pretty cool. But at the end of the day, like we said, there's a lot of hype surrounding these things. Mm. And what we recommend is value investing, doing your research, being objective, and erring on the side of pessimism with the individual investing decision. So that way the you know the positive aspects really have to work to convince you. Um, and you know, getting in at the ground floor of an IPO is, is likely to never actually convince you if you are going into it with that frame of mind. Mm because it is a big old hype fest engineered to make as much money for the investors and the founders as possible. So hopefully that answered some of the lingering questions in your mind about IPOs. If you have other questions about mergers, acquisitions, IPOs, all kinds of other TLAs and business terms or personal finance in general, you can always email us, uh, listenmoneymatters at gmail.com or join our Facebook community, which is awesome. You can go to listenmoneymatters.com slash community. There are tons of other money nerds in there discussing things. Um, I'm loving the community because as, you know, singular human beings, Andrew and I only have a limited amount of time. And most of that time goes towards making podcast episodes or apparently playing Heroes of Neuroth sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So we can only answer so many questions, but the great thing is there's tons of people in that group, some of them most likely more knowledgeable than we are in certain areas, and they're very active. So I highly recommend going and joining that and checking it out. 
Um, last but not least, you can find our show notes page at listenmoneymatters.com slash show. And that's where you can find the show notes for this episode. Uh, if you're listening in the podcast app, you can always tap our faces or swipe or whatever it is, whatever weird gesture the phone app makes you do <laughs> to bring those up. And you can find our favorite tools, resources, apps, and books that we recommend at listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. All the URLs. I don't know if you can remember them, but if you can, put them in your phone or your computer and run your eyeballs over the pages that come up. They're pretty cool. So that's it. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us as always. And uh, send us your questions. Send us your catchphrases. We'll see you in the next episode. Later, man. Later, brah. Please tell your friends about this show. Thank <laughs> you.